My name's Monday. As you can probably imagine, it's not really easy being me. My coworkers try their best to be friendly, but they can't really hide their true feelings. My mom is Friday. Everybody loves Friday. I'm a pretty laid back guy. I don't have a problem with money like everybody else does around here. Besides, I think he has two really great qualities. Labor Day and Monday Night Football. <laughs> the hardest part about dealing with Monday is the anxiety I go through every Sunday night, just knowing that in a few hours, I'm going to have to face Monday and there's nothing I can do about it. I usually try to extend my Sunday night by going to bed around 1 a.m. The downside is that I come into work exhausted. People don't really like me, and um, my therapist says I should just brush it off because tomorrow's another day. I'm still not sure if that's an insult. What's up, City Hope? All right, man. Welcome to church today. It is so good to see you guys. Welcome to all the campuses. Great to have you guys with us today. Uh, Malvis, can we give our family a big old hand? Come on. Let's just welcome our church family today. It's great having you guys. So good having you guys with us. Listen, I'm so excited about this series to, to get to kick this off. Uh, but before I do that, I want to tell you about a couple quick things. Um, one of those is in two weeks, on March 18th, we're going to have our Above and Beyond offering. Um, all of our campuses, our entire church family, we're going to come together and we're going to bring an offering. Um, and I believe that whenever we do that, whenever we go above, I mean, we give above what we regularly do, then God's just going to show up in a really big way. And through that, we're going to be able to launch our next campus. Um, and I'm hoping that in the next week or two, I'll be able to tell you where that campus is. Um, so maybe by March 18th, if you pray really hard and, and everything, the stars align and God just shows up, we'll know we'll be able to all celebrate and be excited um, on that day. So I just want to encourage you to be praying and asking God what he would have you do. Uh, just this past week, I got to um, hang out with a, a few couples from the Foley campus. And one of them told me this. Uh, they said that they were planning to give half of their tax refund. And I thought that is a brilliant idea. That is absolutely amazing. Um, I spoke to another uh, a lady here at the Malvis campus that's retired and on a fixed income. And she said, she said, you know what? I don't really have a lot of extra money, but I'm going to stop doing a few extra things. I'm going to stop getting my extra coffee and all this stuff. And I'm going to do whatever I can do to sacrifice, to give toward this. It's not about the amount. It's about you hearing from God and, and being all in, a part of this family, a part of what God is doing right here. So I just encourage you guys to be a part of that, um, that offering, but then also that weekend. We're just, it's going to be still a part of May for Mondays, but uh, we're going to be uh, talking about vision and just celebrating all that God wants us to do. So that's in two weeks. Um, and then the other thing, the, the other thing I wanted to mention is this Wednesday night is first Wednesday. It's our March first Wednesday. And so I want to encourage you guys to be here um, on first Wednesdays. They're incredible. We get to worship a little bit longer. We have an extended time of worship. Uh, we'll take communion together as a family. Um, and then this particular one, this Wednesday night, a really good friend of mine is going to be here speaking to us. Um, his name is Pastor Chris Bell. Um, and he actually pastors right here in our community at Three Circle down in Fairhope. Um, they're a multi-site church just doing incredible things. And we're partners in ministry. We're just um, partners in the kingdom, growing the kingdom. And so I'm pumped that Chris is going to be with us Wednesday night. Uh, so don't miss it. It's going to be an incredible first Wednesday. Um, and then, of course, next weekend, we're going to jump right back into Made for Monday. So, um, and like I said, this series is something that I'm really excited about. 
It's one of those things that I've, I've been, I've been um, thinking and praying about for a very, very long time. Um, and honestly, even the way that this is going to tie into small groups, I'm excited about. Um, because, you know, we've been in small groups. You've been talking about prayer and, and the strategies that we've been talking about in your small group. And now we're going to move it into a more practical part of your life where you're, we're actually going to move it outside of, um, of prayer and outside of, of reading the word. And we're going to get into the streets, if you will. And, and, and we're going to take our purpose and our passion into our week. Um, into every single part of our life. And really that's what this series is all about. And I'm just believing and hoping that through small group, that what we talk about here will actually take and have more root and more impact whenever you discuss it in your group. And you're able to talk it out and talk through it and challenge one another. And um, as the Bible says, iron sharpens iron, that I'm just believing that that's gonna happen throughout this series. Um, And like I said, man, this is gonna be an amazing couple of weeks. I just encourage you not to miss one as we jump into this series. Now, just real quick, I'm just curious, how many of you guys go at every campus, how many of you guys go against the grain of, um, of the civilized world and actually enjoy Mondays? I'm just curious. Okay, more in this service than the last service. That's interesting. Not many more, still like seven people. Um, and I'm actually one of those people. I'm one of those odd people, man. I, just, I like Mondays, man. I like to kick the week in the teeth and just get this thing going. Um, Mondays excite me. I'm pumped up about Mondays, but obviously there's not many of us that do. Um, and I get that. I understand that, right? We, I think we all kind of understand why that is the case. And I don't know about you, but for a long time, I used to think that God just kind of messed with us. He played a sick joke on us um, by, you know, giving us two weekend days and five work days. And it was like, is he just messing with us? What's the deal here? Like, you're just messing with us, Um, right? But like, there's no purpose in those days other than making money and and doing what we got to do there. It's like, just get me to the weekend. Get me to the awesome, right? And then we got these five days in the center. and, And you guys know as well as I know, God doesn't do anything by accident. And there's purpose in those days. There's a reason that we have those days. And it's not just so you can send your kid to college. It's not just so you got food on the table. And it's not just so you can buy that really nice car. No, there's purpose in those days of the week. And and that's what I want to explore. That's what I want to unpack over the next few weeks. As Christ followers, we have the ability to see this different, to look at this different. 30% of our lives will be spent at work. 30% of our lives. And stats tell us this, that only 13% of people actually are engaged and enjoy what they do. Like they're all in, that are passionate about what they do. And as Christ followers, I believe our percentage should be a whole lot higher than that, right? Our percentage should be completely different than that. And Paul says it this way in Romans 12, and I love this verse. It's one of my favorites, and we'll, we'll kind of come back to it throughout this entire series. But um, Eugene Peterson paraphrased it in the message translation this way, and I love this. He said, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Now, how many of you guys have an ordinary life? Okay, how many of you guys have no life? <laughs> okay, how many of you guys have an ordinary life, right? We all sleep, we all eat, we go, all go about our business, we all do our thing. And what Paul is saying is he's trying to help us understand that God doesn't want to just be a part of your life. He wants to be in every part of your life. He wants to be the center. He wants to be the priority. He wants to be the main thing in the middle. Even the mundane, even these little bitty things that we just think, oh, it's not that big of a deal. No, listen, God wants you to enter your week. He wants you to start your Monday realizing that I can actually take my work and I can lay it before him. 
And that this thing that I do that I think is just 40, 50, 60 hours of my week, it actually can have purpose. It actually can have meaning. And this is what I want to unpack. This is what I want to talk about. And today, I just, I want to kind of lay a foundation. And I want you to really understand before we get into some of the other topics, because I want to talk about like when you hate work and I want to talk about having influence at work. And I want to talk about being a workaholic and, and balancing work and life and how to do these things. Like I want to talk about some of these things, but today I really just want to lay a foundation for you to understand why work matters. Like, does your work even matter? And so that's what today is all about. And the first thing I want you to understand, the first thing that I want you to hear is this, is that work is good. Work is good. And I know immediately half the room just went, nah, he don't know what I do. (laughs) Right? But listen, work is good. It's important what you do. I'll say it this way. Work is from God. Work is from God. In Genesis uh, 1, it says this. So God created mankind in his own image. And in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. You were created in God's image. You were created by a creator to create. You were produced by a producer to produce. Like you were put in this world at the, at, at the, during a time when God was working. It's amazing to me that whenever we're first introduced to God, when we first meet God, what is God doing? He's working before the sun was created. Listen, before the sun was put into the sky, God created work. He was working before the fall of man. God created work. I know a lot of us, we just think that work came along with Adam's big mess up, right? Adam and Eve messed up. And now I've got to work all the days of my life. No work came before that. It was a part of God's plan. It was a part of his original intention. Look at this in Genesis 2. It says, No shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain or the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. From the very beginning, God built us to be in collaboration with him. This divine responsibility to contribute to what he was doing on this planet. And in verse 15, it says this, it says, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it. That's not like work it. That's like work it. We're going to work it, right? That's like actually digging and cultivating. He put the, he put man in the garden to work it, to take care of it, to cultivate it, to make something happen. God said, listen, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to bring the water. I'm going to bring the soil. I'm going to bring the seed. I'm going to do all these miraculous things. But at some point, mankind, at some point, humanity has to get involved and we have to do our part. And don't we see that being the story throughout the entire Bible? That God says, yeah, I'm going to do my part, but mankind, I need you to step up and do your part too. I need you to be all in. And this is what work is. It's a part of us contributing and being a part of what God is doing on this planet. I don't know about you, but I, I know that I'm wired for this. And I know it goes all the way back to creation, but I'm wired to work. I'm wired to think that way. Years ago, five or six years ago, uh, dad encouraged me. I'd, I'd been in ministry about 14 years and it had been nonstop and the church was growing and it was just busy. And so dad said, hey, why don't you take four weeks off and take a sabbatical and just rest? Okay, I, I don't know about you, but that may sound amazing to you. And it kind of sounded awesome, but when you're in the middle of four weeks off, it's miserable. It's not that it's not a good thing. It's a healthy and a wonderful thing. But when you're wired to work, I literally was like Ricky Bobby going, I don't know what to do with my hands. 
Like I've, I've got to be doing something. I've got to be moving something forward. I've got to be creating, producing, like, because I'm just wired that way. And I believe we're all wired that way to do something. Now your something's different than my something, but we're all wired to do something to contribute to what God wants to do here on this planet. Work is good. And I'll say it this way. Work isn't only a good thing. It's a God thing. God is in it. God is in your work. Now, let me give a little disclaimer for this, just to, just so we're crystal clear. Okay. I'm not talking about the kind of work that's in, that's illegal or the kind of work that's destructive toward mankind, toward humanity. I'm not talking about that kind of work. Okay. So hear that. Now I know right now you're thinking, well, I don't like my job. So that's what my job is. No, that's not what your job is. Okay. Those are just ways of making money. Those are not occupations that are moving anything forward. They're not of God. I'm not saying that, but whatever you do, it's not just a paycheck. There's purpose in that paycheck, right? I heard somebody say one time, um, I heard somebody say one time that, um, that, that they were trying to figure out what they wanted to do for their career. They wanted to, you know, they were really excited about their career. And then later on, they realized that really they just wanted paychecks, right? And that's how I think we live. There's no purpose in that paycheck. And that's what I want to give us is purpose in that paycheck. Work is good. The second thing I want you to hear is this, is that work is sacred, Work is sacred. So work is good. Work is from God, but work is sacred because work is for God. In Colossians 3.23, it says this. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. Your reward is actually coming from heaven. It's the Lord Jesus Christ that you are serving. It's actually Jesus that you're serving. See, many of you think you actually work for Austell or USA or the school board or that contractor or whatever it is. You actually think that's who you work for. But when you're a believer, you actually work for Jesus. Every single thing you do with your hands, you're doing it under the Lord. Everything, every single part of your life is for him. You know, even if you're a barista and you're serving up those cups of coffee, those vanilla soy lattes with the, all the descriptives and all the extra stuff that you like to put in your vanilla soy latte, right? Even if you're that person, when you're serving that cup of coffee, it's like you're serving it to Jesus. It's like you're writing his name on the cup and you're delivering it to him. Those, those of you that are stay-at-home moms, you're not just doing that to serve those kids or to serve your family. No, you're doing that to serve Jesus Christ. It's, your, it's where you are in that place. He's put you there. If you're a student... You're not just a student to to make good grades to please mom and dad or to please that teacher. No, you're making good grades and studying and working hard. Why? For Jesus. Every single thing you do, it says that, man, I'm doing this as under the Lord. That that boss is not really my boss. And you're thinking, good, because he's the devil. (laughs) And it'd be weird if the devil and Jesus were the same. It would be weird. No, listen, you've got to understand, no matter how destructive and hard and mean your boss is or your situation is, you can walk into that place and go, you know what, I'm going to serve him as if he were Jesus Christ. Because ultimately, that's who I'm serving. That's who I'm doing this for. I'm giving him everything that I've got. I'm lifting it to him. Right? It's basically walking into our work, our work life with this attitude of worship. That ultimately, it's all about God. It's all about Jesus. It's all his place. And there's this really cool word we've talked about before that's from the Hebrew of the Old Testament. And there's this transliteration of this word that's this. It's avodah. And we've talked about this word before. But what's interesting about this word is that it's all through the Old Testament. And it literally means to work 
and it means to worship. It's this one word that means both. And you read it all through the Old Testament. And what's fascinating about it is it's a picture of an integrated faith, an integrated life, a life that is completely intertwined with God. Okay, the problem that we have so often is we're ingrained to think, to believe, to live by this idea that life has compartments, right? That we're segmented out and there's this compartment over here that's, think about a waffle, right? Anybody like waffles? Ego, Lego my ego, right? A waffle. And it has all those little boxes in it, right? And the way we live is we put work in this one little box and we put, and we put family in this little box and we put church in this little box. We put our friends over here. We put our, our hunting life in this little box. We put our fishing life, right? We put all, we have all these things segmented out But that's not the way that we're meant to live. That's not the way it's meant to be. And this idea goes all the way back to the Greek philosophers. It goes all the way back thousands of years ago to to this idea that there were a, a sacred part of life and a secular part of life. And it was this upper realm and this lower realm. And and it kind of looks like this. Let me show you this. It looks like there were these sacred things. And they said, you know what? There are these things that that just pertain to spiritual, eternal things that that are spiritual things about God. And these are the things that are really important. These are the things that are going to last and they're going to be there forever. And these are what's really important. And then everything else is secular. If it's, it's temporal, it's, it, it's going to change. It, it, it's a part of this earth. It's a part of the flesh. It's a part of whatever. And Augustine came along in the fifth century and he actually added work to this realm. And he said, you know what? It, there's this sacred realm where everything is eternal and it's special and it means something. And then there's all this other stuff that really just doesn't mean a whole lot of anything. Whenever you die, it dies. It's not important. Right? And work was one of these things. But this is not a right picture of what it's meant to be. Let me show you what it should look like, what, it, what biblically it should look like. It's all in one sphere. It's not compartmentalized. It's this one sphere, this holistic life where we see everything is a part of our God life. It's not these little compartments where something is special and something isn't. Everything in our life can have spiritual and, 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 and can be sacred to God. When? We push it and we move it toward God. Whenever we take the sphere of our life and we actually move it in harmony with God's design, then it becomes a sacred thing. Your your church life, your school life, your art, your home, your music, your sports, your agriculture, your business, construction, medicine, education, law, government, add whatever into that realm. I mean, when everything is connected to one sphere, you realize, you know what? It's all of me that God actually wants. It's not this part of me that's teeny tiny or this part of me that's really, really this massive part of my life and my passion. No, no, God says, no, I want all of you. And for a long time, what what, what we were led to believe is that the things in the sacred realm were what were most important. And what ended up being in that sacred realm were things like pastors. Why? Because that's eternal work. That's important work. That's work that's going to last forever. And everybody else, you're down here. Marketplace, you're down here in the bottom. You're lower realm. But what you have to understand whenever you read the Bible is that's not the case. We're all together in this one realm pushing God's way, God's design forward. The beautiful thing is, is that I can move anything toward God if I want to. I can move any part of my life into that sacred space if I want to. I can move my art toward God. I can move my music toward God. I can move my business toward God. I can move my school toward God. I can move everything that I'm a part of that matters to me. I can move it toward God if I want to, because it's important. It's an important part of every single one of our lives. I'll say it this way, that all of our life is meant to be sacred. All of life is meant to be sacred. 
Every single thing that we do, every single thing that we put our hand to is meant to be sacred. A.W. Tozer said this. He said, let every man abide in the calling wherein he is called and his work will be as sacred as the work of the ministry. It's not what a man does that determines whether his work is sacred or secular. It is why he does it. It's why he does it. You have the ability to move what you do into a secular realm if you want to. If you take God out of the equation and you don't take him to work with you and you take him out of the equation, then yes, you very easily can move what you do into a temporal, unimportant, it's going to die with you kind of place that is very secular. Or you can give him every single part of you. And you can begin to move every part of you toward him. And you can realize then that even if what you do is, is, it seems small and insignificant, when it's done for his glory, it is very significant. It is eternal. It will last forever. If you do it as if you're doing it unto the Lord. And the third thing I want you to understand just ties in with this so well, and that's this, is that work is meaningful. It's not just that that, that work is from God, and it's not just that I'm working for God, but I'm actually working with God. Like, this is a crazy idea to me. Crazy idea to me that we work with God, that the God of the heavens, the God that created everything, that he actually wants you and I, flesh and blood, next to him, doing the work of the ministry, doing what he's called us to do. You know, the the word vocation comes from a Latin word, vocare, which means calling, means to call. The place that you're in right now, the vocation you're in right now is your calling. And you may go, oh, no, 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 this is not my calling. This is temporary. In this moment in time, God has put you there for a reason. It is a calling. God has placed you there because he wants to bring meaning to that place. He has you there for a reason and purpose, something that he wants you to do there. You've got gifts. You've got talents. You've got got things that God has wired you in a certain way that have put you in that place. It was not an accident. It was a calling. It was a vocation. God has placed you there to do something meaningful, to move something forward. And 1 Corinthians 3.9 says this, and I love this. It says, for we are God's fellow workers. And that just blows my mind. And what if as Christ followers, we could change our perspective to realize that the business that I'm in right now, the thing that I do with my time right now, that in that thing, I'm actually co-working with God. I'm actually in this thing with him. Like I'm, I'm on mission with him. It's like, it's like you're, you're, you're called to bring light into a dark place and they're paying you to do it. Your boss is paying you to bring the light of Jesus Christ into a dark place. You're a missionary that doesn't have to run around and, and raise money to go into a place of darkness to bring the light. They're actually paying you to bring the light into that place when you realize that that's why you're there. There's meaning to your work. There's meaning that God wants to pull out of that. Listen, there's mission in the mundane. There's mission in the Mondays. There's mission in that part of your life and the part of your week that you just go, I don't know. I just have to do it. I just have to get through it. I just have to, I just have to, you know, I'm trying to send the kid to college. I'm trying to, I'm trying to pay for baseball. My goodness, it's expensive. Right, I'm trying to pay for the kid to get, have gas in his car. I'm trying to pay so we can go on vacation next year. I'm just trying to get by and God's saying, wait a minute, no. That's just one part of work. There's this whole other side that when you look through the eyes of God, you see that it's from God, it's for God, and it's with God. That you are on mission with him in that place. You're there for a reason. 
You're there for a reason. And I just heard a story from a guy in our church. His name's Travis, and he's an HR director. And he just has this amazing story of God kind of showing this to him a couple of years ago. And I, I want you to hear Travis's story. Check this out. We preach on how we should love our neighbor. Well, my neighbor I spend 40-something hours a week with in the office. As I got older and got more involved in serving in church, I really kind of felt a calling to, to ministry. Um, I, I wasn't real sure where that was and, and what that looked like. And, and all along, my HR career was growing, but that was what I did Monday through Friday, not what I did on Sundays in church. We were attending City Hope and were leading a small group and just really saw the group flourishing and growing. And, and then I kind of took a step back and saw where I was kind of doing the same thing in my job. I get to deal with employees when they're dealing with hard times and uh, with other employees or their managers. And I really get to you know, have that servant leadership that we talk about in church all the time uh, on a day-to-day basis with the people at work. And uh, as that you know, thought in my head just began to grow, I was like, this, this is my ministry. And I really had to start gearing myself towards, hey, this is what I'm called to do, is to minister to the people I work with every day. You know, you have these opportunities, you have these interactions with people all week that, you know, my hope is that I can just love on people and treat people all the same, that they see something different in me. And when those opportunities come, when people come to my office with issues and, you know, concerns, or I just walk into the break room and see an employee who's, you know, clearly having a bad day, it's just, it just opens the door for me to just love on people. I mean, that's something I pray all the time. God, just help me be a light in the workplace. You are a light. Wherever you are, whatever workplace you find yourself in, you are a light, and that's what you're meant to be, a city on a hill. You know, salt in a very bland environment. You're meant to bring hope into hopeless places. That's why you're there. God put you there for a, for a reason. He's called you to that place. And for so long, we've thought that there is this difference between what I do as a pastor and what you do, right? That there's this sacred and secular idea. And I want you to understand, I really want you to catch this. That it's very clear in Ephesians 4, it says that us in ministry, those of us that are in full-time vocational ministry, our job is not to do all the ministry. Our job is actually to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That's what it says in Ephesians 4. It says that we're just, we're here to equip, to build you up, to call the best out of you, to, to raise you up, to go out into your world and be a light. That's what we're here to do. The 40 and 50 hours of my work week are all about equipping you, preparing you for that. So that when you go out, we're ministering out in our world, out in our communities. We're being exactly who Jesus has called us to be. That's why I think that we are made for Mondays. We're made to take our purpose way beyond a paycheck and realize that God's got us there for a reason. Maybe it's only a season. Maybe you're in between jobs. Maybe you're, whatever all those things are, you've got to understand that you're there for a reason. God has you there because he wants you there. There's something he wants to do in you and through you. I've got a friend of mine that I I met just actually just a couple of weeks ago. He's in full-time vocational ministry. Okay. Full-time vocational ministry. And here's the thing. He told me this. He said, I feel like God is calling me out of full-time ministry, full-time vocational ministry to go into local government. So this is what I feel like God's calling me. And God specifically told him this. He said, all the gifts that I put inside you 
those unique things that you're wired to do ministry so well for a local church. I'm going to use those exact same gifts in the in the business or in the government world. I'm going to move, use those exact same things in local government because they're the same exact things. I'm going to use those giftings that you used in full-time ministry for full-time ministry in local government. And here's the thing. Everyone around him is going to think he's absolutely crazy whenever he makes that announcement. They're going to think he's crazy. Why in the world would you leave ministry? Ministry is so special. It's so elite. It's, so, it's the pinnacle of the Christian life. No, it's not. Right? Can we just dispel that idea that that's the pinnacle of the Christian life? No, it's not. It's you living on mission every single day of your life where you are tomorrow. Where you spend your day, where you spend your life, that's the pinnacle. Is realizing that everything I do is for God and everything I do is with God. Man, that I'm with God in this ministry. There's a lady in our church, her name's Jessica. She's an occupational therapist. She said the exact same thing. She said, I go in every single day and I pray, God, bless my day, Lord. Just give me a way to add value to people's lives, to pour into people, to love people. And every single day she takes people that have been through an accident or that have been through some sort of trauma or a stroke or something and and teaches them to do things that you and I take for granted. It takes an incredible amount of passion. I, I mean, passion and patience. I can't even understand it. But she says, I walk into that day every day just looking for opportunities to pray for people, to bring hope to people's life, right? Because it's mission. It's what we do. And listen, I'm not talking about being the weird person that nobody wants to be near your cubicle. They shove you over in a corner somewhere because you're weird. Okay, I'm not talking about being that. I'm just talking about bringing light into a dark place. Being the kind of person that looks for ways to be kind and hopeful and to pour into other people. Because guys, you're ministers, Every single one of us, we're ministers. And we're called to take the light that Jesus put on the inside of us and take it out into the world. Two things I want to challenge you with this week. Simple things. I want to challenge you at the first part of every single day to just simply do exactly what Romans 12 said. To lay my work life before God and say, God, my schedule today, man, these meetings that I've got today, whether it's a good meeting or a bad meeting, God, I'm laying the schedule down. I'm laying this, these interactions down. God, I'm going to give it all to you and I want it all to honor you. I want, I want the next eight to 10 hours of my work day to honor you. And the second thing I challenge you to do is for look, look for ways to add value into people's lives. Look for ways to be kind to someone. Look for ways to just drop seeds of hope and life and love into someone's life. Like that's all I'm asking you to do. Just simple things. Just begin to see your 40, 50, 60 hours of work. Begin to see it a little bit different and begin to see that God's in the middle of it, that God actually wants to go to work with you. It's like, just like take Jesus to work day, every day. Right? I know when you take your kid to work, it's not always the most fun thing in the world, right? But when you take Jesus to work, it's gonna be awesome. It's going to be amazing. It's going to change everything whenever you realize, man, that there's purpose in what you do every single day. I want to pray for you. Lord, I pray for every minister that's here in this room, everyone that's in the other rooms and every campus. Lord, I just pray right now, God, that you would let us see the passion and the fire. And God, let us see this, God, that there is mission in our mundane. There's mission in our day-to-day life. God, that we would see that it's all worship towards you. It's all meant to give you honor. It's all meant to lift you up. And Lord, I just pray that you would challenge us to step out into our world this week and be different. Lord, we love you and we thank you.